So I decided I was going to do something and enter. So I took a full sheet of paper. I drew, it was a drawing of pictures, colored pictures and tulips. And I finished it. I framed it and I brought it over and I entered it. Well, I was doing some volunteer work also for the art museum. And I was talking to one of the board members and she said to me, oh, that's wonderful that you entered something. But just remember, not everybody gets in. So I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, I'm not going to get in. So the exciting news is not only did I get in, but I won third prize in the exhibit. Wow, that's exciting. And it was my first time entering a a colored pencil into an exhibit. I was so excited. Yeah. But the thing that made me even happier was... Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and this is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. This is a weekly show. It comes out every Monday. Now, the video version comes out early, and that's available inside Monthly Sharpener if you're part of Members Circle. All right, I'm excited today to welcome my guest. Her name is Kendra Ferreira. Kendra, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for asking me, John. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Kendra has been a color pencil artist for a long, long time, and she's written a book that was recent. She just wrote this book. It was published in 2019. She teaches in-person classes. She has a long resume of things that she's been doing. So we want to talk about several of these things. Kendra creates a lot of interesting still life pieces and You know, the thing that really draws me to a lot of your work is just the the vibrant use of color, a lot of color and color palettes together. I mean, some of the some of the things I look at at first, I'm like, is that real? Can you do that? Can you really put that color with that other color? Like, well, she did and it it works. So uh, a lot of your work is surrounding these patterns of black and white tablecloths and tight, tight compositions. Are you trying to push things in a particular direction as far as color or composition? I notice you do a lot of different subjects, but I guess most of it is still life, right? Yeah, the majority is still life. I do some seascapes also, Um, but I love still life. I love setting things up and and I love color and I think you may notice my favorite color I think is red. I I love vibrant color. I've always liked it. I took a class when I was in college on color theory mm. and I just just really enjoyed it and learned from it and felt really good about it. Oh, and very it just cool. kind of came easy to me mm-hmm. and so now I, I think my work is kind of illustrative. I like putting different subjects together or different patterns, experimenting with different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love these uh, artichokes here. But one thing that I guess I've, I've always been attracted to were these uh, teacups, especially some of these that just seem to like suspend in midair, like, like this particular um, precarious balance. I yes. think that's very interesting. 
Well, they started with the teacups during, it was actually last year during COVID when we kind of all went into lockdown. Right. And I said, oh, okay, well, you know, if I have to stay home, I might as well do a series. So I have <laughs> all of these teacups and a lot of these teacups were my mother-in-law's. Oh, wow. And she used to, uh, many years ago, she had them displayed in their house and then they moved and she was going to give them all away. And I said, oh, no, I want those. So I took them in and I decided uh, the ones that are on the polka dotted, the, the dotted patterns, I printed those out from my computer. I printed all those dot patterns out from my computer, taped them together, set up mm. my, my cups and just put the lights on there and looked at reflections. And so I drew from both life and I took photos of them and I drew from the photos. Oh, um, wow. <clears throat> the other ones, the ones that are stacked, I stacked those up. I super glued them together. And I did have an accident at one point where a bunch of them fell and broke. But I oh, no. glued them back together. Oh, and, there you uh, go. So I did the same thing. I, you know, photographed them. And then I also drew them from life as they stood there. Oh, that's so cool. And then so, I had fun with the, the one precarious balance. I yeah. just wanted to do something different behind that. Um, so I had this idea of just put, putting it kind of on a, a little rope and uh, putting the, the cloudy the sun and uh, the clouds behind it. Yeah, that one makes me uh, feel a little, little off balance for a moment. You know, <laughs> it's, it's really neat. Fun, fun uh, subject matter there and composition. I love it. So, okay. And you work on a lot of different surfaces and you don't only work in colored pencils. So let's go back. Have you always been interested in art? And tell me about some of the early beginnings and then especially with colored pencil. I always loved art. I was a young girl and my cousin was an art teacher. And oh. my mom used to take me to see some of her students' exhibits. So, I mean, I think I was maybe about seven or eight and I decided that I just wanted to start making things. So I had this craft box in my house where I just collected things, pencils, scissors, paints, but also things like ribbon, wrapping paper, yarn, you know, all kinds of interesting things. And I would make things out of them. And my, uh, my mother would say to me, if I got bored and I'd say, mom, I don't know what to do. She'd say, go make me something. So, oh, I wow. Just what a nice always, mom. My mom always yeah. said, well, I got a broom here. You can clean, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, she did that too. Here's the vacuum. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, but so I, I just always love to create. Um, yeah. then it was my, my high school art teacher who actually got me started in drawing. Yeah. And she was wonderful. I went to a uh, all girls Catholic school and her name was Sister Diane Taylor and she was, she was wonderful. She gave me the best drawing foundation. We drew in just black and white pencil for three years. Oh, wow. And then she let us, our senior year, she let us, you know, start with color. Um, and then she helped me to uh, refine my portfolio to mm -hmm. apply to colleges. Yeah. And I went to uh, a an, art, an art school, Mass College of Art. Um, and from Where there, is that? Is that that's in Boston. Okay. Okay. That's in Boston, Mass. Yeah. Um, and so I not too far from where you live, then, right? No, no. It was uh, I lived there. I, I went up and lived there, and okay. it was great. It was really a great, just you know, living in the city and mm -hmm. going to different art galleries and art museums. It, oh, it really nice. was a yeah. great experience. So then I only took one class in colored pencil. 
um, you know, we did the foundation, the, all the foundation courses, freshman mm-hmm. foundation courses, painting, drawing, ceramics. I only took one class in colored pencil and I was hooked. And it was an illustration class and our our instructor didn't really give us a lot of you know, how to technique information. I just kind of picked it up on my own. And that was also huh. where I, I took the, I also took a color theory class that I really enjoyed. And that really helped me. Um, I ended yeah. up majoring in printmaking. Oh, okay. I, I liked drawing. So I majored in printmaking so I could work in etchings and lithography, oh. um, but never really did too much with it when I got out. So that's kind of my beginnings. Interesting. With art. So that colored pencil class, what were you using? Oh, what time frame? What year are we talking about? Uh, and, we're talking nine, about nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty. Okay. So you were probably using Prismacolor Premier Prisma then. Color, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The old Prismacolor, Barrel Prismacolor, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yep, that's what and, we and so they didn't talk about technique. You were just exposed to some assignments, I guess, uh, something like that, and you just kind of had yes. to figure that part out on your yes. own. Yes. Yep. Okay. Ah. Yep. I'm trying to remember. We we did um, some drawing from life. Okay. I'm trying to remember what we did, but I still have some old drawings from that. From oh, that neat. Class. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So printmaking. Did you? And you said you didn't do anything with that. I haven't done too much lately. I have, um, I have been involved. I'm in a, uh, an artist, um, uh, an art club, um, Providence Art Club. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a somewhat like the Selma Gundy Club in okay. uh, New York City, but it's, it's our Rhode Island version of it. And I have been doing printmaking there in the last few years. And I've been, we've been doing some portfolio projects oh. where, um, We've got like 20, 30 artists and we'll all do a number of prints and we make a number of portfolios and we each get to have one, but then we exhibit them. So that's a really fun thing. We've, we've exhibited in some different places, different art museums and and associations. So I've been doing, you know, that's brought me back to printmaking a little bit. Ah, gotcha. Okay. And so how long then after you finished school, did you start, I mean, were you using colored pencil right away after school or? Well, Talk no, about that I, you know, um, after school, uh, I kind of had to find a job and work. Okay. So um, <laughs> I worked, uh, I worked doing different things. I worked in an office job. I worked for a newspaper. I did layout and paste up later worked for a printing company, um, doing the same thing, layout. And, uh, all, all along this time, uh, I had gotten married had uh three three sons we had three sons they were young i you know anybody who can do artwork with three kids i give you a lot of credit (laughs) right because boy i it was really tough um i would try to get back into my work after the kids went to bed i might you know i might sit for maybe like from nine to midnight and try and do something um and but it, but it was, you know, then I had to get up the next morning, get the kids up, work. And it's a lot of work. It, it's a it is a ton of yeah. work. Yeah. Yep. It was a lot. So I found myself really getting too far away from, from, from it. Um, I started mm-hmm. back, I was trying to do a watercolor piece and I would sit down. I couldn't even remember how, what to do. Mm-hmm. So I got to a point where I decided, you know, I think I'm going to take a class. Um, there weren't too many. Color, there weren't any colored pencil classes being offered 
mm-hmm. in my area. So I signed up for a watercolor class. What uh, what year approximately so do you think that was? So now we're or? in the 90s, okay. uh, like okay. 1992, I think it was. Okay. I signed up for a watercolor class. And your kids were around what they, age? Uh, my youngest son was a year and the other okay. two were about seven, six and seven. Okay. So they were, they were all pretty young. Yeah. So I, at that time I was working part-time mm. I signed up for a watercolor class and I found this wonderful woman. Her name was Lynn and she had studio classes in her house and I went back. And so she helped me get back into it. Mm. So I got back into watercolor. I did, you know, started doing watercolors. And then I said, why don't I start with colored pencil? I love colored pencil. So I started doing colored pencil, but she helped me think with things like value and composition right. and choosing color. And it, it helped me really get um, back into, to working again. Um, and then we, we got to a point where the kids were in school, they were doing sports and it was just, it was kind of hard for me to keep working. My husband was at a point where, you know, I could stop working. So then I stopped working and I started doing a lot more of my artwork. Oh, very great. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So then you started working in colored pencil then primarily mm-hmm. or so I started were you working doing watercolor in- too? I was doing a little watercolor and then I started more with the colored pencil. So I have a a fun story that I think a a lot of uh, colored pencil people will enjoy. Awesome. It was 1996 and I, um, our local art museum was having a juried exhibit Ah. and the the art museum always had a, a really nice juried exhibit, really attracted some great artists. So I decided I was going to do something and enter. So I took a full sheet of paper. I drew, um, it was a drawing of pictures, colored pictures and tulips. And I finished it. I framed it and I brought it over and I entered it. Well, I was doing some volunteer work also for the, for the art museum. And I was talking to one of the board members and she said to me, Oh, that's wonderful that you entered something, but just remember, not everybody gets in. So I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, I'm not going to get in. So yeah. it was it, the the exciting news is not only did I get in, but I won third prize in the exhibit. Wow, that's exciting! So, and I, it was my first time entering a, a, a colored pencil into an exhibit. I was so yeah. excited. Yeah. But the thing that made me even happier was the amount of people who took the time to either call me or write me. And I, I don't think we had email back then. I think. Mm-hmm. I think in the mid nineties, I don't think we had email yet. No, not so much. they were actually calling, <laughs> writing me yeah. little handwritten notes oh, wow. and calling me to tell me how inspired they were by the piece, how exciting to see colored pencil. Um, so really? I, that, that was my star. I was really excited about that. Yeah. And that kind of got me going after that. People wanted me to do little demos or classes. And oh, neat. Okay. I kind so of you started, started teaching then in the nineties. Yes. And just started teaching colored yes. pencil. Wow. And I start no, I started teaching watercolor actually. My oh, I was okay. um working in our town. I was working on an arts committee for the schools and one of the teachers said to me, you know, we have an evening program and we're looking for somebody to teach watercolor. And I said, Well, I'm kind of nervous. And she said, Well, they're beginners, you know, why don't you try it out? So I did. I, you know, bought the supplies for them and we we figured it out and I, I taught and I, I enjoyed it and they enjoyed it. Yeah. So I kept going. I kind of kept going a little bit with watercolor from there. 
Um, but then I started transitioning to, to colored pencil because I enjoyed it more and people really wanted to, to learn that more because there's a lot yeah. more, you know, people doing watercolor, teaching watercolor than yeah. colored pencil. After that, I started getting requests from different art associations okay. who had heard that I was teaching. So I started teaching at a, a watercolor at another art, one or two art associations. Okay. And then a few years later, and I'm not sure exactly uh, how it happened, but then I started getting requests while well, I was showing my work. I was showing my colored pencil work and people were saying, oh, how do you do that? So different art associations were getting requests for colored pencil classes. So you were working in watercolor, uh, teaching watercolor and working in colored pencil, though, also yes. Yes. yourself and showing yep. that like in galleries or yes. art, art exhibits, art, exhibits. art associations. Um, OK, yeah. at the end of the 90s, for a few years, I actually did those outdoor art fest. I did some of the outdoor okay. art okay. festivals. Yeah, um, had a good time. Uh, it's a lot of work. That it's, is it's, a lot of work. You know, it's, it's physical really not, work. Yes, yeah. it's a lot of physical work, um, but it was. It's it's nice to get the feedback. You know, you, yeah. you meet a lot of different people. You get some interesting feedback, <laughs> right? And oh. um, you know, fun, funny, you know, funny things people say to you, like, "Oh yeah, my grandson, <laughs> my grandson can do that. He's going to yeah. do that for me." And right, I said, right. <laughs> "Good for you." Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, you know, and, yeah, some and people, of the feedbacks like, okay, why funny. did you it's choose like, to tell me this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can, yeah. That's kids do that. And I'm, I'm saying no, kids don't do this. this right, is, right. You know, this is a lot more than what kids do. Um, <laughs> and then there are a lot of others who really appreciated the medium and, and mm -hmm. you know, were really amazed by, by what could be done with colored pencil. So that was interesting. So yeah, from there, I kind of, I was getting requests to teach, uh, colored pencil so i started doing that and just stopped with the watercolor because i i enjoy colored pencil a lot more and there are what? a lot more watercolor instructors in the area uh okay so you, you you were thinking maybe uh hey this is a little more in line with what i enjoy yes and a little yes. more niche as well i guess right uh interesting okay but uh did you did you mix the two were you using watercolor and colored pencil or not not doing that once in a while i'll do like a watercolor background and mm. then put you know colored pencil on yeah. the surface i have used um watercolor pencil i have taught workshops in watercolor pencil which okay. is fun i mean they're a little different they're of course different than colored yeah. pencil but i've i've also done that yeah okay okay very cool um so when you were teaching Back in the late '90s, I guess it was in colored pencil. That's when I started. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, so, what materials were you using back then? What were the I, pencils and papers and all that? Um, I usually have my even even up to now. I usually okay. have my uh, students get Prismacolor because they're okay. the the easiest to get, um, and they're probably you know price price points pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I usually recommend they get a set of 48. So at, okay. they have a good, a good number to work with. So they don't mm -hmm. get frustrated and we can mix, you know, we try, we mix the colors that they don't, yeah. um, well, they don't low, have low barrier yeah. to entry too. I mean, you right. know, get started right away with a yes. small set, very inexpensive. Yep. And so what surface did you surface? Use? We, um, 
we use a lot of like uh, white, like Stonehenge okay. or Bristol, okay. uh, Bristol board, tex- uh, not textured, but kind of like a vellum. We, and we also have used um, a lot of Canton uh, Mutants, the colored, okay. and we use the smooth side as opposed to the rough side. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I, I like to have them work on um, a color, like kind of a, a toned background to okay, kind of integrate right. it into their, into their work. Um, you know, for instance, if we are doing like a seascape or something, we might yeah. use a blue uh, to get okay. the, the ocean in there. We've done things like uh, green peppers on like a green, uh, with a green background. Mm-hmm. Um, brown paper bags, that's always a fun one. Crumpled brown paper bags mm-hmm. on, a, on a brown background. Just like starting them initially on white paper. So they, yeah. they kind of get the feel of everything. Okay. And has there been a big change at all in any area of uh, the materials wise? We're talking about materials from what you started out in the 90s in teaching and today and what you've been teaching in in-person classes. So what I normally like to do is I have them get the bring the pencils their pencil sharpener, their erasers, and I provide the surface. And I've always had my students draw from from life. Once in a while, a specific project will draw from a photo, but I really like to have them draw from life. And I'll set up, I'll get the subject matter, I'll set up something, you know, even if it's like a, a couple of, like a lemon and an apple or something to get them started. Mm, and I provide mm-hmm. I provide the surface. Okay. Um, and the other thing I like them to do is I like them to learn different surfaces. Yeah. So once they kind of got a feel, get a feel for the white paper, and then maybe we do a little on the, the Canson colored papers, um, I have them try the UART paper. Um, I have them use like a sanded surface. Yeah. So we've, we've done that. Uh, we've done the uh, the ampersand pastel board. Okay. Um, we've and we've also done uh, like gesso a gesso board uh-huh. with uh, I put uh, the um, Art Spectrum Color Fix Liquid Primer. Ah, okay. On that, uh, roll it on with a, a a sponge paint roller. It dries quickly, maybe like in mm. an hour. And then that's a very rough sanded surface. Yeah. And we will, uh, in the project, I'll introduce them to um, solvent, using solvent with that type of a project. Interesting. Now, when you're talking about that ampersand uh, and the gessoed uh, surface, then you're talking about a very sanded surface, very rough textured surface. Yes. How, how does that, what would, if you compare that to a UART grade level, uh, of grit on the paper, could you compare that to maybe a 400 or something like that or not? Or is it just completely different? Um, I'd say the pastel board is maybe like a 400, but okay. the, um, uh, that the, the color fix is much rougher. Mm-hmm. That's, that's maybe like a 200. Oh wow! I, okay. I usually when I use um UART, I use eight. I like the eight hundred. Yeah, I, really I do like too. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Has a velvety kind of texture yes, feel to it. Does. it. Well, I love it. Yes. And you, I mean, that's the only only one that. I mean, I can't compare that to anything else. I mean, 
it's a it's a unique animal. I can't it compare it to anything else. It it really is, it is its own thing. Yeah, and I like the tone. I haven't used the dark, um, but I like the the lighter the toned. You know that like kind of what is it beige kind of a yes yeah. yeah I really like that as a background. Yeah. It's kind of like a nice subtle neutral. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy that as well. The dark. I I have. Tr- have you tried the dark? I've tried I it. Tried the dark. No. Yeah, I mean. I needed a little more tooth on it. Uh, the 800 just seemed nearly slick. It was just, it was just uh, not enough tooth. Mm, so I went to the 600. It was a little bit better. Um, I, I love that approach, that idea of um, using a variety of surfaces. That's wonderful. That's so genius to do that. When I was teaching at Plaza Art, I, I did that. I did a, a colored pencil immersion class that spanned i think it was four weeks or six weeks and every week we would do a different surface and i think that works really well because you're allowing students to see what's possible with the medium when you switch surfaces like that yes that, and that's and important. i find i find that my students want to do they like to do a project and finish it in one class yeah um you know, I, I really find that they it, they get excited if they come in and they have a project. Well, they yeah. may not finish it. They'll finish it at home. Right. Um, but they like to do a different project and they like to learn different things. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. I'm finding. Yeah, so, I find you know, that, that as well. And I yeah. think I think you're right. Uh because you're you learn something different about what the medium can do when you switch something, switch one of the variables, you know. So if you're switching the surface my recommendation is don't switch the pencils um, immediately. If you're switching mm-hmm. surfaces, you can tell what the differences then are. They're more apparent when you're switching one of those variables instead of just switching everything up altogether. Although I understand, I mean, sometimes there are different techniques and different pencils that are more suitable right. to other surfaces. Yep. Uh, but you talked about drawing from life uh, and you're setting up some still lifes that uh, they're drawing from. So are they all just sitting around maybe in a circle or something like that? Uh, and what's your reasoning for doing that as opposed to giving them some type of reference uh, to follow? Well, I like I like them to learn to draw from life because, the, you know, a photograph definitely flattens and changes, you know, flattens values. And and so I like them to be able to see the object all around. Um, So, you know, sometimes we try and light them with desk lamps and Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be a little challenging if there's different light sources in the room. I wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little challenging, um, especially with shadows and, you know, but, but it is nice for them to be able to see the object as a 3D. Yeah piece um so that they can't or, and see how subjects relate to each other as they're sitting um sitting there on the surface and i so i i think you know i think it's a good good way to learn and you work that way i try to but not mm-hmm. always because yeah. you know it's so much easier with light changing and everything to try to work from photos but you're setting up your own um compositions and at taking times. your own references right yeah and right. so at times okay other times like, you're not or no for instance yeah. like the candy apples i mean when i do the candy apples i i just take lots and lots of photographs yeah. because after a few days they just start to melt right um so i just set them up i take lots of photographs and i work from photographs gotcha all right so can i nail you down then on some favorite materials <laughs> that you use 
currently. Paper and pencils and erasers and okay. whatever else pa- you want to tell us. Yeah. Papers. Um, I use a Strathmore 500 illustration board okay. a lot. Um, a lot of times that's my pieces that don't have anything in the background. They just have like a white, the white ah. background. Yeah. I do. I like the feel of the Strathmore. It's, it's a little bit thicker. It's got a velvety surface. Mm-hmm. The other surface I really like is uh, I like UART. I use a lot of UART. And I've been using it for a, for a while. I learned from Linda Lucas Hardy. Mm-hmm. I took a workshop with Linda Lucas Hardy. And it was many years ago at one of the Colored Pencil Society conventions. Yeah. Uh, and she was using uh, Ursta at the time, um, which is somewhat the same. And now yeah. it's UART. But she taught us how to use it and i really liked it and i also use her method of burnishing with the bristle brush oh she yeah she yeah. cuts the little bristle brushes mm-hmm. and she burnishes color into the paper and i love that i use it all the oh, time very cool not just on the uart on uh many other surfaces yeah yeah now uh i did interview linda lucas hardy so yes. i will have a link in the show notes for you guys yes. you can Take a look yep. at that. She does talk about that process. She does. There. Yes, I listen she to that. She also, and she also likes the Mitant's paper, and you like that surface as yes, well. Yes, I do. I, I do. Don't, I don't care for it because uh, it never likes me. It's not very nice to me. And I fill it up really quick, and then I can't do anything with it. So I must be doing something wrong. I'm sure I am. but And I think I'm using it like right after I've done something on sanded paper or on pastel mat, and that I'm wanting it to do the same thing, you know. I probably should use Stonehenge and then go to the Mitons paper and make some comparisons between those. Maybe. Well, I don't know. You, Maybe you, you can have, tell me. <laughs> you have to work a little harder because the sanded surfaces like the, the UART just takes yeah. the pencil. So, so, yeah. you know, quickly. Right. Um, but the, uh, the, the me, the Mitons, you have to work a little harder, you know, to get that pencil yeah. into the paper, get those layers onto the paper lighter fill up layers, those I guess. grooves yeah lighter i work in okay. lighter layers and i build yep light okay. to medium pressure and i build mm-hmm. okay so similar to maybe stonehenge right is yes. it uh, yes okay. and i'm using the the um the smooth side not the textured side yeah so you're turning it over on the back yes yeah so can you tell me i mean like um what what is the big attraction for that particular surface i mean do you like the effects that you get with it or what what is it that you like about it i like the colored surface okay Um, right i I like using actually the the piece behind me the red one is is can't sound me oh cool that's it's poppies on um and i'm playing around with the sky but i i do like the um i like the 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 toned surface to work on i think it's it's kind of fun and then yeah. the texture, a little bit of the color shows through your drawing. And you like that. Yeah. I do. Okay. Right, right. And I've I've done um I've worked on uh, pastel board too. Uh-huh. Um for and I've done a couple of videos for Ampersand there on their uh-huh. YouTube okay. uh website, it's colored pencil and solvent on Okay. Now is that also yeah. on your website? I thought maybe yes, it, it was. Is. Okay, I, I believe I it's under publications. Okay, very cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, they're they're there over there on the 
on Kendra's website. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes uh, as well. You like to see some of the surface once in a while in your work. That's not something everyone enjoys. Uh, some people just like to obliterate the surface uh, and make sure, you know, you can't tell anything about it. Um, so when you're creating your work, I mean, are you th thinking to yourself, um, okay, this subject right now is going to work really well on this particular surface. And I do want to show some of that texture of the paper. Are you thinking those kind of things when you're making your decision for the piece that you're going to work on? Um, yes. If I want something to have like some color show through, mm -hmm. I will use, uh, the, 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 um, a colored surface. Like well, I mean, what about the U art? I mean, even on the U art, I see once in a while, some of the grooves, um, yes. you know, in the paper and that doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother no. me, but I mean, no, some people no. don't like that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard to uh, it's hard to obliterate them. But yeah. I like I like the U art because um, you can create a piece that's almost it looks like a painting because yeah. the color goes on so richly. Like the right. sneakers, for instance, the sneakers that I have called Discovery um, on my website. Um, those were done on U art, and I just love the richness of the color. Discovery. So, yes, that one. Okay. Uh, that was all that's a large piece of UART. And um the background I think maybe has a little color, but it's pretty much the paper surface. And but I just love the way I could get this the rich color and the detail mm. in those whites. Right. Those bright whites on the UART. Twenty by twenty. Yeah, that's that's pretty large. Uh is this on a, a board? Um a UART board or no, just it's a, just you are loose paper. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Do you, uh, what, what's your process like? I mean, are you taping it down or something or what, as you're yes, working on I it? I do yeah. because it mm -hmm. curls a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. I, oh, haven't, I, tried, I haven't tried the, I haven't tried the, the, the board. Um, I love that a lot. Yeah. So you just use the beige uh, surface there as yes. a part of the background. That is yep. so cool. Yep. Nice. Love it. So are most of yours pretty large? I mean, are we talking about um, 20 inches in one direction on a lot of them? Or? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it looks like it around yes. that. Yes. Yep. And then the um, the piece Hot Spots, which is the, the teacups, which are the teacups, uh -huh. the first ones. Uh, those are on UART. And those have a watercolor pencil background. Oh. Um, to get that dark background, mm -hmm. I used black watercolor pencil. And, and then, then water and, and move then that water. around. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then when it dried, I put the colored pencil on top. Not the teacups, just the, um, the background. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, same thing here, I guess. Yeah. Now that's on, that's me, uh, blue meteants. Oh, sure enough. I see that. That's now. blue meteants. Interesting. It's very interesting because it's uh, very, very similar in uh, the look and feel of it. Yeah. 11 and a half by 11. Hmm. We're back to UART here and, and that still life in circles. Yes. You know? Yep. That was, I set those objects up in my studio and, and hmm. I drew that. So watercolor on the, the dark 
uh, background there? Yes, watercolor on the background. Yep. Very nice. I love that. Barb, I am so excited to talk about this brand new chart that you came out with and that we collaborated on where I gave you the list of colors that I've gravitated towards over the years for my portrait collection of colors. We've come up with 65. I'm so excited about it. The reception has been wonderful. And John, thank you so much again for putting together this wonderful list. For those of you that may not know, there's also this really great five-step tutorial that John has done that also links to a one-hour video that also explains in detail every step that he goes through in the document version. It gives you some practical application of using these very pencils to complete a portrait. So go over to the show notes and we'll have a link set up for you over there. And I use, uh, with it, I use polychromos and a mixture of polychromos, luminance, and uh, Prismacolor on the UART. You know, I find sometimes if you put the polychromos down, and you, I kind of can get it into the surface really cut with that brush, yeah. you know, get it into the surface and then add the wax of your pencils on top. On top. It kind of mm-hmm. seals it in, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, on the UART, the, using the polychromos pencils for sure, they seem to be very fluid on that yes. uh, UART surface. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes the Prismacolor is a little too waxy and it just kind of mm-hmm. crumbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can get that weird texture where if you blend the two a little bit, um, it will kind of create this uh, greeny kind of variegated kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes if you're, yeah, sometimes I use polychromos on top because they're a little harder. Uh huh. And then you can burnish a little bit with them. You know, kind of right. burnish the more pencil into the paper. And it creates uh, what my experience has been anyway. It can create sort of this smooth kind of look with that burnishing. It creates more of that smooth finish uh, on top. And you can get rid of quite a bit of that texture, that linear yes. kind of texture of the surface when you do that. Yes, you can. Very yep. cool. So the pandemic hit and uh, you were teaching before that in-person classes. Yes, right? I was. Yeah. And then yeah. you were, you stopped doing that, I, I presume. Um, I did. Yes, I did. I stopped um, during the, the whole pandemic. I, I taught again last September. Okay. Um, I did an outdoor colored pencil class. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because I, you know, you, I spent so much time working alone last year mm-hmm. during the pandemic that right. when I got in front of my students, I was kind of like, blah, 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 blah. I didn't know what to say. You know, it's, it's you, yeah. you kind of have to get back into it again and know to what to <laughs> say to them. Um, but I had six students. We worked outside. We worked um, in a uh, we were in a, a the local art museum has some gardens behind it. So we did some we did some drawing in the gardens, and they were just you know they were just thrilled. They were so oh, happy just to be together. And oh yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah, so I did that, and then I didn't I didn't do much. Uh, well, we we weren't here during the winter. We were in Florida, but then um, when I came back, I I've been doing a few classes, getting back into it again, but still oh, small groups. Yeah, you know, yeah. small groups distancing and being right. careful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I. So now you're making me think. I did do one um, during the pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was going on or something, and and we did distancing. I remember 
it was indoors, mm-hmm. but we were distanced six yes. feet apart or whatever. Yeah. Right. Very right. interesting. So mm-hmm. you were contacted, though, to create a book right on the heels. I mean, 2019, right, I guess? No, it came um, out in 2019. They contacted me in uh, 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So you wrote the book and uh, it was published in 2019. And uh, guys, I don't have this book yet. Yet. That's the operative word there. Uh, I will have it. Time we're done here, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It looks very interesting. Um, go over to Amazon and pick it up. Um very, uh, very good ratings on it. 178 ratings and um, nearly five stars. Um, so it looks like a great book on techniques and uh, tutorials for colored pencil drawing. That is that is awesome. Um, well, congratulations on that. I know that's a Thank ton you. of work. Um, yes. I, you know, I've never written a book. Uh, I think it's closely akin to writing courses and uh, developing curriculum and you know, um, so and completing a lot of pieces because that's what happens when you yeah. when you write a book or you create yeah. a course. So congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was uh, contacted in 2018 by GMC Publications and they're out of London and I wasn't familiar with them. Mm. So in the initial email from the commissioning editor, I was, you know, she said, would you like to write a book for us? And I'm thinking, what's the scam? <laughs> and uh, and so I, I think I sent her like some kind of like short email back, like you know, I, um, you know, what, what what kind of book are you talking about, and what's the comp uh, the, yeah. the compensation? So she got there. There, she was wonderful to, to work. They were all were oh, wonderful good. to work with. Yeah. Um. She, you know, got back to me and laid everything out for me, and it was a year. They gave me six months to write all the content. And six months, we we edited it for six months after that. So it was pretty much all I did yeah. for, you know, one year. Right. Um, and they told me initially what they wanted. They, you know, it, it's a really interesting process because they, it's all done like with word, word count. So initially she had said to me, it's going to be 20,000 words and 200 um, images. Mm-hmm. And then they break it down. Uh, they wanted 10 step-by-step. Uh, lessons, three focus features, and then they wanted all the beginning information, such as, you know, the your materials, your techniques, your color mm-hmm. theory, a little bit on perspective. Um, so it was a lot of writing, and I found it more so than some of the other books because they wanted me to write an introduction to every lesson. It wasn't just mm-hmm. to pick up this pencil and do this. Right. Um, it was writing it, talk about this project, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what you want to do and what you foresee. And so it was a, a very, a very interesting experience. Um, oh, that is so cool. It, it was, a, it was a lot of work, but it was also yeah. very enjoyable, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I chose to, to take my own photos rather than hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose to do my own photos, scan, scan them mm-hmm. in. And, uh, I think, you know, I think everything came out relatively well what was the biggest surprise doing this particular book um the surprise was there anything unexpected you're like whoa i had no idea that i would be doing x no mostly the writing because i've never written that much before gotcha um i think that was the hardest thing and you know you you say oh i'll sit down i'll just write but after a few hours your brain just can't write anymore so i found that the best thing for me was to get up in the morning 
start writing um, maybe till like noon, one o'clock, mm, two o'clock mm-hmm. if I could, and then just stop. Mm-hmm. So I wrote nearly every day, started writing nearly every day. Do you enjoy, are you a writer anyway? Do you enjoy writing? I've written a few articles. Yeah. I, I do. You know, I write here and there. I have a yeah. blog that I occasionally write on and, right. you know, I try to post on social media. Um, But I haven't done a lot of writing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so this was all new. Right, right. Sure. But they were they were really good about, oh, good. Uh, you know, like grammar and everything. They said, mm-hmm. don't worry about the grammar. We'll do that. And the editors later on were, were really good about fixing things and changing wording. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Very cool. All right. Let's jump back to materials for one second. I want to ask yes. about uh erasers and do you use solvent um any other specialized tools that you can tell us about Um, that you use for for colored pencils i you i look for light fastness i i Mm -hmm. really look for light i think it's important if you're selling your work yeah so i use a mixture um i like the uh prismacolor and the luminance a lot i use those i use the polychromos Mm-hmm. And um, I also have Pablo. I don't use as much, and I I really like the the Lyra Rembrandt. I like the mm-hmm. feel of them. My yeah. only uh, problem is there's so few that are light fast, right? Right. Um, but I do really like them, and those are oil based, yeah. and they're you know yeah. not quite as as hard. So I kind of use a mixture of pencils, and I think I think that's I think that's all of them. Um, do you have a great pencil sharpener that works really well with Prismacolor Premier? I, I just use, I just use the, um, it's the School Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. The I've School got that Pro, one. I can't yeah. remember the name of it. Big, I, big reservoir yeah. on it, the blue dial. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. they don't last too long yet, you know. Right. Um, I know a lot of artists like, and I can't think of the name of them, the one that you, they're handheld, but they, you put it, you put the barrel in and, and it's got the little clips that hold it. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name. Carl of that Angel one. Five is one yes, uh, that does that's that. It. People um, love those. The I don't. Super Point by Derwent is another yeah, one. I haven't used I that, but maybe Point. I'll invest yeah. in one of those too. Yeah, those are good. I yeah, I I can't get Prismacolor Premier to behave properly in those. So um, if I when when I do, I don't use them very often. But when I do use a Prismacolor Premier, that School Pro works pretty good because it's more of a stubby, very quickly tapered point on it. Yes. Yeah. And and I like an electric pencil sharpener because you just you know yeah. do it. If, if you're in the middle of something you just want you don't want to take time sharpen to real sit. quick yeah yeah it takes five hands yep. to use the Carl Angel five you know so I I need something that's fast yeah get it done yeah yep. for sure okay so and then erasers um yeah. I use the good old kneaded eraser I love yep. the kneaded eraser just to lift yeah. it lifts you know really nicely. And I also use the uh, the Tombow. Is it the Mono? Mono Zero, yeah. Mono Zero, Tombow, the little, mono the zero. little yeah. pencil, right? Um, and of course the uh, the battery operated, the Sakura. Uh, I have the Sakura battery operated. Mm-hmm. Love those. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones I use. And then I've got the one that looks like the. It looks like uh, an old typewriter eraser. Is it Faber Castell? Yeah. I can't remember. I like that one too. Yeah, it's like a pin eraser kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yep. Clicker and that's sometimes, it, yeah. you know, just the, the white plastic eraser. Mm-hmm, yeah. Use those. But mostly okay. mostly the kneaded eraser does the trick. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what about solvent? Do you use solvent at all? I use solvent. Kind of, I've okay. been using uh, the Gamsol. Yeah. Okay. The Gamsol solvent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. Any other tools? I mean, uh, I've, I've had people tell me they use pantyhose, all kinds of things. So yeah, paper clips, uh, knives, um, chainsaws. I don't know. <laughs> um, I have the... So, uh, I'm kidding about the uh, chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Scrivito, Scrivito tool oh, for yeah. making the indents. I use that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're going to do whiskers yeah. or you're going to do veins and leaves. You prefer that, that as opposed to just reserving it with um, masking fluid or going over it with some of these white things that white paint kind of things that people do. Uh, yes, I okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I haven't used. What was the first thing you said? The, the masking oh, fluid. Uh, masking I haven't fluid, used the ma- yeah. I haven't used that. No. Okay. Okay. But if you're gonna, if I'm gonna indent the paper, I like that little tool to just make the yeah make the indents. Yeah. Um, I use I use tape a lot. I use uh, masking tape to lift mm-hmm. color sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Lots of different techniques. So with, I mean, for me anyway, when we're talking about uh, working on UART 800, uh, some of those things don't work quite the same. Like uh, Scafido, you you wouldn't want to do that kind of thing. No, that's regular paper. But you can go uh, light over dark on sanded surfaces typically. So yes, you have that advantage. Absolutely. Yep. And then I like that bristle brush, the uh, burnishing with a bristle brush. Mm, yeah. Sometimes I use a colorless blender, but not too not too often because sometimes it gives kind of like a it just puts kind of like a cloudy cloudy sheen on the surface. You yeah, know, different applications yeah. work differently. Mutes down some yeah, of the yeah, mutes down the color. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess one of the big draws with that is uh, obliterating the the look of the texture of the surface and right. And that doesn't bother you, so that's that's a cool thing about it. Um, doesn't bother me either, but I notice it bothers a lot of a lot of people. Um, I, I sometimes like to see, like I like to to know by looking at the piece, like what the medium was and what the surface is. I don't know. I just prefer that sometimes. It's just a, an interesting thing to be able to look at a piece and know that information. You know, right? Yes. All right. Very cool. Well, this has been great. Um, let's see here. And you use so many different surfaces. That's exciting. Um, you haven't met a surface you don't like, I guess, right? <laughs> Is there a surface you don't care for? <laughs> trying to think. Um, no, you know what? I want to do more with vellum. I do like vellum too. Oh, okay. I like the, the Duralar vellum. I haven't used yeah. that too much. Um, a surface I don't like. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like drafting film and that yes, kind of drafting, thing. Yeah, yeah. Dra- drafting film. A lot, a lot okay. of uh, the colored pencil artists are using that. And yeah, like the, it seems the intensity be... of color. Right, right. Mm. Uh, and you've you've tried it. You just haven't used it much, or yeah, I just haven't used it that much. Right. Um, ah, same but, here. I but I tried like it, it. and I bit. also like wood. Um, ah, like the wood okay. panels, you can yeah. draw directly on wood. I've done a lot of that too. Oh, directly on those artists' wood panels. Right. Right. Mm. That's cool. I would consider you as like one of the pioneers in colored pencil. You've been doing this for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendra has both the uh, CPSA and the CPX credentials. Um, 
So you've been involved in the Colored Pencil Society of America for a while. You've been teaching for a while. When you started out, can you think back about some things that you used to not know? Um, what was some good advice that you got when you were starting out in Colored Pencil? Uh, one of the things that I always that I got mm-hmm. when I, my kids were young and I was taking classes is my instructors would say to my instructors would say to me, "You can't just you can't learn. You're not going to get better if you just take a class a week and draw in that class. You have to yeah. draw in between." You know, if you yeah. s- just set up an apple, you know, yeah. my, one of my uh, instructors used to, cause I had young kids, she said, go in the bathroom for a half an hour, lock yourself in the bathroom <laughs> with a sketchbook and just draw yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and I would say you really have to practice. If you want to yeah. get better, you really need to learn and practice. Um, and then I'd also say, you know, take, take other, take workshops and classes and other mediums. I, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, Different mediums influence have an influence on each other, and you can learn different things that can yeah. help you in colored pencil. Um, and and join a group, you know, join CPSA, join your local chapter of CPSA mm-hmm. or right. local art associations. You know, it's great to connect with with other artists. Um, and I, you know, I always learn from other people, from going to exhibits, from talking to other people. So, you know, just, just get out there in the community. Um, and, and one of the other, one of the big things is don't compare yourself to anybody else. I know, you know, a lot of people, um, put their accomplishments on social media. And I know, I know of people who are, don't go on social media because they yeah. just, they feel so intimidated. Right. Um, and, right. and I know that people, you know, people, we, we put our accomplishments on because we're excited about them. Right. Right. And, you know, but, but some people don't kind of don't take it the wrong way or I don't. So don't. Yeah. It can be demoralizing, right? Yeah. For some when they're starting right. out, especially. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, do your own, do, do, yeah. do your own, have your own goals. Yeah. And, you know, set your own goals and just right. do what you feel comfortable with. And, you know, don't worry about if you don't get into an exhibit, try again, you yeah. know, try another exhibit. Everybody's yeah. been rejected. Right. Right. And if you haven't, you will be. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It happens. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it does. And it doesn't you mean know? anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, no. that's, that's very good advice. I love that. So do you think that it's, um, uh, really important like if somebody is coming back this might be hard for you to to think about this particular person uh because you have a different path but if you think about somebody who didn't go to art school uh they didn't they didn't even think about art until maybe they are in their 40s or something like that they're coming to it brand new if you can imagine that mm-hmm. and um and i was kind of that person and so mm-hmm. when you think about that person, what, what, do, what do you think is important to begin with? I mean, you started with um, doing things monochromatically, right? Black and white in yes. when you were in parochial school, right? So yes. do you think that's important uh, that people just pick up a graphite pencil and start there or, or not? Oh, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, I don't think you have to spend three years on it. But um, yeah. I think it's good it, it just to learn value. Yeah, you know, darks, lights. Because when we start working in color, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I find it with my students. It's it's harder. You, you you start thinking about color and you lose the values, and the values yeah. are the most important. Yeah. You know, sometimes they lose the values. Sometimes they you lose the shapes, the positive and negative right. um, areas because they're thinking about color. So I think it is good to have, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do the black and white drawing and learn right. from it. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. But there are a lot, I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of artists that are self-taught. And yeah. I have, um, I have students who come to me and they'll say, I haven't drawn since, since, you know, kindergarten. Yeah. And I'll yeah, think, right. oh boy. <laughs> and I'll tell you, some of these people have really surprised me. They have, yeah. you know, they have talent. Right, right. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, and it's something, I mean, if you're interested in it, right, then mm-hmm. you start, you, it opens up that curiosity in your mind yes. and you start exploring and just yep. testing and trying things. Uh, and I know, cool. I know some phenomenal artists who are self-taught, never went mm-hmm. to school. You know, they just taught yeah. themselves. So Right, right. Very cool. Anything else, uh, Kendra? I mean, when you think about the, the unique struggles uh, that we have as artists, what would you say to, to that, like the unique challenges and struggles that we go through? I would say just juggling, you know, juggling everything that we want to do along with life. Yeah. Colored pencil is a, it, it takes a while to create, you know, a colored yeah. pencil piece. Right. Because you're drawing with this little pencil point. Yeah. Um, so it could take a month, more than a month to, so you're limited with how many pieces you can create per year. Then you try to add, you know, teaching. And then you want to add social media, you know, and I don't get on social media nearly enough that, you know, I should, like, I'm trying to grow my Instagram account. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be posting every day. Do I do that? No. (laughs) Yeah. That's some of the advice you can read about, right? Like you need to post every day or whatever. It's so much pressure. It's like, Uh, oh my goodness. I know. It's a, I mean, I guess at some point we just have to stop and like say, what why 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 do i need to do that i mean i'm not saying it's bad but why do we need to grow our instagram i mean sometimes i think there are valid reasons for doing certain things like a blog or having your website or growing your instagram or you know a number of other other things i mean for you what what would that be what what goal would that you know give you well, just, what, what you does know, that lead just, to just, um can, well, connecting with other, connecting with other artists, yeah, uh, may might lead to different opportunities. Like, for instance, sure. you know, when I was contacted to write the book, I said, you know, where, where did you find me? And they said, well, you've got a great presence on the internet. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah. So different, different opportunities like that. Right, I mean, I, right. you know, I just did an in-depth tutorial, one of the in-depth tutorials for Ann Kahlberg. Mm-hmm. She contact, contacted me. So I think you know, being out there on social media may help you. Uh, get different opportunities, learn about yeah. different exhibits, you know, just grow as an artist, grow yourself as an artist. It's part of the reason why uh, I also contacted you. The presence was really good. I mean, the website is put together well, that kind of thing. Um, once in a while, you know, I mean, the work will trump whether or not someone has the best presence online. But right. often I will, I will go and, uh, maybe to social media when I'm vetting and I'm trying to find someone 
to interview for the podcast. And I'll just see a whole bunch of maybe political statements or something like that. And it's like the art is not as much right. of a focus or, or there's just a whole lot of controversy uh, surrounding the individual, that kind of thing. So I think, I think you're right. There is something to be said about how you're presenting yourself uh online but yeah getting back to those unique challenges i mean yeah i mean we if we decided that we wanted to do something fast then we probably would switch mediums right and do right. something different than colored pencil yeah i i love to draw i i feel it a, i feel it's a calling it's mm. it's not a job it's more of a calling it's i feel mm. i have to do it mm-hmm. you know i i try to get down into my studio every day I come down in the morning, my studios, yeah. I'm lucky. My, I've got a beautiful studio right in my house. Uh-huh. So I'm lucky that, you know, I can get up in the morning, grab a cup of coffee, come downstairs in my pajamas and just start, you know, maybe start working on something. Yeah. Even if it's for an hour or so, I, you know, I just get that initial. It makes me happy yeah. to just come down and, and be able to work for a little while. And you while. do that every day? I try to do it every day. Yeah. I don't. You yeah. know, I, I try to um, manage my time so that if I have to do errands or I have appointments right. or something, I kind of try to put them in one day, one or two days, so that I can get good blocks of time All in right, my studio. Right. What is a good block of time? Five, six hours, something like that? Yeah, that would be a good, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's a dream. <laughs> that's a really good one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do you take frequent breaks? Uh, like when you when you do have a large stint of time, say four hours or more, do you take breaks? So I do. Yeah, I'll yeah. go. You know, sometimes I'll go upstairs and throw a little laundry in, or yeah. you know, have a cup of coffee or something, or go out and sweep mm-hmm. the porch, mm-hmm. um, and then come back. So it is good. It is good to clear your head a little bit, take breaks. When you're drawing, do you, do you have a, a an angled uh, surface that you're drawing on? Yes. Is it flat? Okay. And then yes. are you listening I, to music or tell me anything else about music. that? I listen to music. Okay. Yeah, I listen. I have uh, an angle drawing table and mm-hmm. I do listen to music, uh, different types of music. You know, it could be rock. It could be jazz. It could be, you know, country. Yeah. Um, oh, or I listen to podcasts such as yeah. yours. <laughs> <laughs> I do I like to listen to a lot there. of podcasts. No, yeah, I know, yeah. but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, man, I'm on these uh, Wondery uh, podcasts. Uh, there's so many good podcasts put out by Wondery. Um, man, I I actually pair that with some of the tasks that I don't care to do. And I'm like, okay, if I do that, then I get to listen to the next Wondery podcast. You yeah, know? that's that, true. That helps too. Mm-hmm. It looks like you've got really nice lighting down there in your studio too. I do. It's very nice. bright. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, okay. So what goals do you have in the future? I mean, you've done a lot of things. What What are you looking forward to? Well, I, you know, for one thing, I just want to kind of grow as an artist. I'd like to do more work, just do more, you know, work in yeah. series like I did last okay. year. It was nice having the time last year without the yeah. interruption to, to, you know, all right, teacups, draw yeah, teacups. Right. Um, so I, I'd like to do, I'd like to do more series, just grow as an artist, learn more okay. as an artist. Are um, you interested in selling? I mean, do you sell a lot of work? Is that, is that something where you want to oh, go I'd in that direction? Get, yeah, or? I've got so many yeah. in my studio right now. I'd love to get rid of. <laughs> okay. Do you make um, you know, prints or? Yeah. I don't make prints. And that's another okay. thing people have asked, have said to me, why don't you make prints? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I probably like to look into that, uh, also possibility also. Mm-hmm. There's just, 
I don't know. There's just not enough time in a day, I feel like, right. to do there's everything. There's so many things. I mean, if we did everything that um, we could think of uh, yeah. and we have goals to achieve, it would, it would just take up all the time. I mean, yeah, it really would. And I keep getting asked to teach Zoom classes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I haven't really looked into that. I know that's a lot of, you know, preparation yeah, to be able, yeah. to, to, be able to, to show people what you want them to see right right um and then as well as uh you know taping some of my own or recording yeah, yeah. video yeah. recording some of my own lessons and putting right. them out there i mean that's another thing yeah that would be awesome if you could Ed- do that editing it really yep. would be yeah yeah so we'll really, see uh, look if you could write a book you could you can certainly do a course i i believe <laughs> i know seriously yeah. seriously i know it's it's the tech i think it's the the technical and it's the, very the rewarding because you yeah. get to connect with students from all over the world. And it's, it's, uh, it's just very, very rewarding. Yes. Yep. It's awesome. All right. It, so anything in closing, Kendra, you can think of at all that we didn't cover? Uh, nope. Okay. Just, you know, keep working and, and everybody keep working. And John, thank you for very much for having me on the podcast. I, I do enjoy listening to your other podcasts and the people that you've interviewed also. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, And thanks for being on here. It was great. I mean, you shared a lot. Guys, if you're not familiar with Kendra, then definitely go to the show notes, check out her website. And it sounds like you're pretty open to having people reach out to you if they have any questions. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. This is a weekly show. Again, if you would like to see the video rough cut version ad free, that's over in Member Circle, part of Monthly Sharpener. Reach out to the show by emailing podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And I'll talk to you again next week. Before I go, though, look, guys, I haven't had a rating or a review on the podcast in a long, long time. So, yes, I'm begging. <laughs> go out there and leave a rating and or a review. I would appreciate that so much. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, that's a, a good place to to leave that But The best place would be Apple Podcasts. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.